This is Writing Excuses, episode 35, Voice, Tone, and Style. Fifteen minutes long because you're in a hurry. And somebody gave a trumpet to a duck. <laughs> I can't believe you said that. I'm Brandon. <laughs> I'm Dan. And I'm Ben. Okay. Um, voice, tone, and style. I dared him to do that, and he actually did. Um, why Brandon do I have this to take week, credit I for how like Batman? Yeah. <laughs> why did I put all three of those in? Because honestly, I'm not exactly um, sure how to nail it down. Um, what This is what we call voice, what we're going to talk about in creative writing class, classes. But we've already, when I say voice, a lot of readers think I'm talking about character voices um, or viewpoint, which is not what we're talking about. Howard, what, what are we talking about? What, we're not talking about character voice? No. Okay, ask this one to Dan. Dan, what are, we, what, he says. <laughs> what are we talking about? We're, we're talking about the author's fingerprints. Yes. Um, you know, how, how can you read this book versus another book and know, oh, this is totally a Brandon Sanderson book, and this is totally, you know, somebody else's book. And that, that's an opening that I hope none of you take. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I usually rely good. on looking at the names on the covers, <laughs> the dust jacket. Um, uh, yeah, but if that's the people, only thing you're doing to distinguish yourself, then... I've got a book for you. Uh, okay. um, I am... Um, we, talk, we mentioned this in the Lou Anders uh, podcast, and it kind of became a grill in the phone booth. A lot of people posted and asked us about it. How do we develop our style? How do we develop our voice? Um, my gut instinct to all of those questions is you don't. Um, but that's because I was trained. You do, you just don't do it on purpose. Yeah, you don't do it on purpose. I was trained um, in the, uh, the creative writing programs that, that that's your response, that style and voice are things that just come to you naturally. I'm not... 100% sure that's the case. And so I want to, we want to, I want to talk through it with the podcasters. Um, but let's, let's delve into the meaning a little bit first. Um, voice and tone, style. Style is really what we're looking at is how you write so that it's distinctive to you. Um, specifically, um, when you're looking at the paragraph by paragraph. Um, it's, it involves your word choice. It involves the sentence length how you use your sentence length. It involves pretty much your... Um, use of prepositional use phrases, of prepositional use phrases. of adjectives, that kind um, of thing. Yeah, and also kind of the beat, the, the mm -hmm. rhythm of your stories. I, I really think is probably the biggest part of this is what rhythm do you have? Um, yeah. for, for instance, with me, if I look at it and analyze panel, it... Panel, 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 punchline. <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> well, this has been writing... No, um, <laughs> um, for me, you'll often see that, um, that in that my paragraph by paragraph, I'm, I'm very big on topic sentences, um, and I'm very big on, on restatement, and I'm very big on, um, on using but and 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 though to, to develop you into new ideas. I like to twist halfway through a paragraph that takes it in a different direction, and then I like to usually hit a beat um, after three paragraphs with a single line sentence that just kind of um, goes bam, that, that delivers home the idea, and then I start a new one. That's if I analyze it. Do I do that on purpose? Heck no, because if I sit there and think I'm going to do it like this, it's going to, I don't want to do that. That's not the whole, that's not the mm -hmm. point of writing. The point of writing is to try and tell a good story, but that's what, what I've fallen naturally into. Okay, there are aspects to what you just said. Uh, you know, do you analyze your, your yeah. voice? Do you analyze your style as you're writing? No. Um, I, there are elements of what I am doing that force me to analyze my voice and my style. Yeah. One aspect of what I am doing is that brevity is the soul of wit. Right. I have to be concise. And so I am refining everything, and it's a very conscious refinement. How much yeah. of this can I prune out? 
The other thing that I'm doing, uh, one of my rules about punchlines is that very rarely, okay, I say this without having statistically gone back yeah. and counted, but <laughs> rarely do you see a single bubble of dialogue in panel four. Yeah. Panel four for me, sometimes there is a punchline that is so good that I throw it as the, the first dialogue bubble in panel four and never add anything else to it. But usually what I do is I throw out a pretty good punchline and then strengthen it with something else so that between those two, I've got you laughing. And as I look at that, I see sometimes it feels like a weakness, sometimes it feels like a strength. It's, it's something that I consciously do. If I look and there's just a single dialogue bubble there, oh, is this, is this punchline strong enough for that? Yeah. So there, and there are, I think there are lots of stylistic elements to what I am doing by virtue of the fact that I'm working within panel, 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 punchline form that force me to refine my voice consciously. Okay, Dan, do you make any conscious attempts to change your style, to um, refine it? Yes. <laughs> um, well, one thing, for example, that I will notice, and you may have already mentioned this, was I, I know that I have a tendency, if I want something to get a lot of impact, yeah. it will be one sentence, one short sentence that's a paragraph all to itself. Right. And as soon as I notice consciously that I'm doing that, I will go back and I'll find the last two or three that I've done and I'll change them. Okay. Because if that, that means I'm doing it too much. Right. You, I think newer writers yep. tend to use that a little mm -hmm. bit too much. Um, I, I do, I, I will backtrack a little bit. Oh, there geez. are things I've refined my style a little bit. You don't Sorry, have to I just worry had, about no, using I just one had, sentence. I just had an aha, well, I just had an aha <laughs> moment, which is that sometimes when I want to pop a panel, I will drop the borders mm. away from it. That would be, yeah, your style it's, would be, and it's, yeah. Well, <coughs> yeah. it's an illustrative technique. Right. Um, and what I have found myself doing is, you know, I'll write a bunch of strips, and then I will line the, when I, when I write the script, uh, I actually frame the panels and put the dialogue on them. So I'm reading them laid out as if they were strips, as if there was artwork. But then I will stack them up in front of each other or flip through them quickly. And if the panel sizes, if I see that I've done that third panel trick twice in a row, I have to go back and re-script because I can't, it's like what right. you just said. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, then it just is the it same It ruins thing. the emphasis. Yeah. It um, de-emphasizes yeah. something that you needed to stand out. Yeah. I, um, I will say that I have before, um, in fact, I, I'm currently doing it, sort of working on refining my style. Um, and, and I'll tell you what I'm doing in a moment here. But first, I want to preface this by saying, I really think that this is something you don't worry about mm -hmm. until you have some experience with writing. Um, because if you start focusing on tone and voice too early, I think that it will distract you from the important things you should be focusing on, which are character, plot, and setting. The people who should be attracting, who, who should be drawing your attention to your voice and your style are the people who are paying you to write. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what I'm doing right now is, um, for instance, I'm, I'm looking very, very closely at my use of commas in um, connecting, what do you call it, but and and um, and though. Um, conjunctions. conjunctions. Conjoining conjunctions between sentences. When I'm, particularly when I'm starting a sentence with and or but, which you know, is something that's very useful to do, despite what your high school teachers taught you. And um, comma. Yeah. And it's mm -hmm. whether I use the comma after the and or not, because the style guides allow for both. Now, a lot of readers get up in arms when you use it, um, but I often pause after I, I say a but or an and. Um, and I've realized that a lot of people don't. 
And so I'm actually going in and refining my style and deciding when I use that comma and when I don't. And that's actually intentional. And I'm looking at it. It was intentional keeping it one way. And now it's intentional changing it the other way. This is a stylistic choice. It's changing my voice just slightly. Um, but at the same time, it's... You're still starting sentences with yes, conjunctions. Yes, I'm still starting mm -hmm. sentences. And so it's a very slight change. It's the sort of thing that I don't think you really want to focus on when you're just new. Now, stylistic things that you can focus on when you're new is when you're using said bookisms and when you're not. Um, I think we've talked about those, haven't we? Said bookisms or anything that you write mm -hmm. when you give a dialogue tag it, instead of said. Um, okay. He exclaimed. Oh, I thought those were Tom Swifties. Uh, okay, may, maybe that's the um, maybe that's the, oh. the, the the thing they say. They, they in might Salt be. Salt Lake. Yeah. Where you grew up. Did you grow up in Salt Lake? Maybe. I did grow up in yeah. Salt Lake. That's what they say in Salt Lake. When they, it's what they say in both. I use yeah. dialogue bubbles. Yeah. Somehow, <laughs> yeah. Blah blah blah. But, you know what? Sometimes yeah. I'll do though mm -hmm. uh, is shaping the dialogue, dialogue bubble. bubble. I yeah. cheat hardcore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's you're not just saying it; you're shouting it. Your dialogue yeah. bubble will have bolder lines and. And the font will be font bigger, will be and bigger or it's yeah, and, and the, italicized. You know, when you use said bookisms, is a stylistic choice. It's part of your voice. Um, the rule of thumb is don't use them. Um, and mm -hmm. the problem is most beginning writers say the rule of thumb is use anything but said um, because said oh. is boring. But oh, that's not. My, yeah. oh. my wife uh, was a high school and junior high English teacher for quite a while, and she took over. Uh, when she moved to a new school and took over the creative writing class from the old teacher, they had an entire unit in there on creative writing, and that was what they were teaching. Specifically was, yeah. don't say said and don't say asked, because those are boring. Yeah. Always come up with something else, and it just made me weep for the future. And the reason we're saying this, if you haven't heard this before, most of you probably have, but uh, said and asked are invisible. Um, and so anytime you're using something other than said or asked, you're drawing attention to it. And so it's the same sort of they problem. They should with, not yeah. be the interesting part of the dialogue. Right, right. The interesting mm -hmm. part of the dialogue goes yeah. inside the quotes. Yeah, yeah. The, the attribution should be the least interesting part right. of that entire sentence. And so when you use the, um, said bookisms, use them sparingly. And when you use them as part of your style, um, it's a stylistic choice. Uh, another stylistic choice is, um, is going to be sentence length and um, how many compound sentences you're using and things like this. But again, really, I don't know if you should be worrying about this. Um, focus on... Well, it, one stylistic yeah. thing that we've yeah. uh, touched on in the, in, in the humor podcast, if we talk about uh, descriptions of the setting or of the character or whatever, where the description itself is humorous. Right. Um, yeah. Terry Pratchett and Douglas Adams, both stylistically very similar right. when you start looking at how they describe things right. when they're trying to make us laugh. Yeah, and that is, that is a part of style. In fact, what you do with anything that isn't dialogue tends to be very heavily influenced by what your style, your voice is going to be. Um, and that's, of course, going to be first influenced by your viewpoint. But then if you're writing a third-person viewpoint, you can, you can look and see a very stylistic difference between myself and Robert Jordan if you're looking at how we write our characters, um, our, our, our third-person limited viewpoints. We're both writing first-person limited. They're not the same. He uses exclamation points in narrative. I don't. Um, and this is part of this whole thing. Why does he use exclamation points in narrative? It makes his narrators actually less trustworthy. He's writing a less trustworthy narrator than I am, which mm -hmm. actually allows him to color the world just slightly more, so more than I do. So when you're writing, uh, what is it, A Memory of Light? Is that the yeah. last one? Mm -hmm. um, are you using yes. the untrustworthy I'm narrator? Using the, um, I'm using a narrator so more you, like stylistically, a, stylistically, you are consciously trying to write like Robert Jordan? No, I'm consciously trying to write like The Wheel of Time. Okay, you're trying to write like The Wheel of yes. Time. So if we sat down 
and did a statistical analysis yeah. of Wheel of Time books yeah. in, in one column, yeah. a memory of light in another column, right. and all of your other work in a third column. <laughs> yeah. Best case scenario I think we could hope for is three different styles. Right. It's, what it's you're shooting be, for yeah. is two different no, styles. No, I'm shooting for three different styles. I don't want to imitate Robert Jordan exactly. I think it would be parody to do so. Okay. Um, and I think it would take too much work to look and say, what is each word is, that he's using going to do? Instead, I'm looking at the sweeping, more broad. See, they're very small details to a lot of people. But to me, this is still a big thing. How he uses mm -hmm. his viewpoint, I'm going to change that. I'm going to be more descriptive. That's another aspect of this. How is your voice? How much description do you do? Those two things I'm changing about my style in order to be appropriate to the Wheel of Time. But if you did that analysis, you would get three columns. And that's what I want columns. is yeah. three columns. I, you know what? Let me, let me make a quick plug here. Yeah. This is why you or somebody exactly <laughs> like you was the only possible choice to finish up the Wheel of Time. Because there are a lot of Jordan fans out there who are probably pretty good writers yeah. and who probably could have uh, you know, followed the script and tightened this up. But the voice would have been all wrong. And it takes, some, it takes a consummate professional to pull off what you're trying to do. Well, thank you, Howard. You're, You're welcome. welcome. You guys can't see this, but Brandon is totally slipping Howard 50 yeah. bucks right now. And that, blocking. That was 100. Oh. That's, uh, all right. He, he slipped half of Dan, it. Dan, start talking about something else I other want than to me. say that uh, this is actually a pretty good example of how you can develop a style is by looking at things and trying to tweak yours a little bit. Yeah. And really, we say this all the time. And I know you're sick of it, but the best way to do this is just to practice it. Oh, man, I'm let's, so sick of that. Let's look at uh, stand-up <laughs> comedians, for example. You can tell which stand-up comics set out to say, this is going to be my shtick, mm -hmm. and which stand-up comics just developed it naturally over time. Mm -hmm. you know? And some of them, yes, you can look at, say, um, Richard Lewis. And he's the one who always whines, and he's always downtrodden, and... You can he didn't set out to say, okay, I'm going to be the comic who's always whining and nothing ever goes right for me. But he told jokes, and those were the ones that worked, and he worked himself into that style, and it made him very famous. Mm -hmm. um, others are just obviously trying too hard. And that's, you can tell when someone's trying too hard to say, this is my style, this is my thing. Yeah. But you can refine it. You can, yes. and, you, and you, you probably should. As you mm -hmm. practice, you will learn what you're good at and what you're not good exactly. at. Exactly. And you know, you will want to emphasize what you're good at and de-emphasize what you're bad at as you still try to work at what you're, on what you're bad at and get better at it. There mm -hmm. may be aspects of your style or of your voice that are apparent to you, that are right on the surface, that do need to be changed. If you, for instance, use the word very yeah. a lot. Uh, that's pull, very bad. That's very, very, very bad. Very, very bad. <laughs> you take, take your document, pull it into a, pull it into a word processor, and start grabbing the adjectives that you love the most mm -hmm. and do a, not a find and replace, but just do a word count and see how many times it occurs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can, you can kind of take your, take your pulse, see how, it's, see how it's going. Start yeah. with very. You know, and also trying a third person versus the first person, trying both of them, you will find that your style changes naturally between those two. And you will be able to, I think, be able to notice what you're doing a lot easier if, you're, if you try both of them and then compare. Well, and even if you don't want to get that technical about it, just set out. So give, give yourself a few goals. Write something and say, I'm going to do it this way. Next mm -hmm. thing, I'm going to do it this way. 
And you do that enough times, you will notice what works best for That's you. That's sounding a lot like practice again, you. <laughs> I've got the best <laughs> writing prompt ever. Oh, I'm so excited. I want it's you, time for the writing prompt. I want you to take... I'm I want the readers, totally gearing myself up for disappointment I want here. you to take a scene, come up with just a quick scene in your head, and then I want you to write it as Dan would write it, then write it as Brandon <laughs> would write it, and then write it as Howard would write it, um, and then email it okay. to one of us. That is the oh, best. How, how is anyone possibly going to know what my writing style is? Well, we'll have is. to point your, post your bunny. We'll you post the making, vampire bunnies online somewhere. You are making somewhere. a bunch of writers draw pictures. <laughs> <laughs> that they can write it as you would write it. They can time pretend. I mean, the okay. idea is just by listening. Should just... we give people a specific scene to do this with? I, like, no, Luke, no, I am no, your no, father. No, Redo that in our oh, three geez. different styles. <laughs> I think just take by the listening to us, scene, take yeah. the take the uh, the romantic confession scene from Star Wars Episode Two. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, this please is, don't this send This has it to been us. writing excuses. Mm, There's no excuse for this. <laughs> if you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine, archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction. They tell the storytellers' stories through author interviews, book reviews, curated reading lists, international industry news, obituaries, and more. Locus has meant a lot to me, both personally and professionally. In my career, I've been interviewed by them, and I've also turned to them as a source of understanding who is involved in the industry. Locus is holding their annual fundraising drive to keep their doors open, lights on, and future bright. I'll be contributing to their crowdfunding campaign by donating a cutscene, some original art, and a couple of other things like... Do you want to do a one-on-one -on -one chat with me? So join me in supporting Locus. 